0: Welcome back to another episode of Hoop and Holler. I'm your host, Reagan Griffin, and I'm joined, as always, by Eddie Sun and Julio Martinez. How we doing today, y'all?
1: Happy that basketball's back. Are you? Second on
0: that w- Would you be reality. less happy if the Lakers had lost last night?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like I'd be the same because I, I wasn't very happy about the win, the faction in which they won last night.
0: <laughs> Hey, man, they definitely struggled shooting. Like 39% I think it was from the field and 31% from 3. That was ugly. That was ugly. But the Dubs the Dub. LeBron came with them clamps at the end. You saw that?
1: <laughs> he better he better score more than 16 points in the playoffs. That, oh that's no, all. no no. I
2: guess the Clippers. I guess the Clippers. Man, I feel like you do not like giving LeBron love, Julio. Like
0: Hey cuz uh, I mean Julio cuz Julio knows damn well how good LeBron is. I mean, I'm right there with you like I'll give him his props when it's due, but I'm not just going to be sitting here patting LeBron on the back when, you know, you gave me one really good defensive possession at a key moment, right? But throughout the entirety of the game, you were less than impressive.
1: Bro, I I I mean, he was I know you try to get teammates involved and and you, you know, you try to build up their confidence, but it was just like the Opening day game and the Christmas Day game. Bro is not aggressive when he needs to be. Like I, 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 forgot what play it was. I think it was a, I think it was a tie game. Paul George had just tied it on a three, and LeBron was just he was gonna pass it to AD, and he said, "Nah, AD, you go to the corner." He just rams into. I think it was Marcus Morris, and he goes in for a layup. Like you need to do that more often. He he does not do that enough in the Christmas Day game and the opening day game. He has so many opportunities to just go up there and score. And bro, just wants to pass it. I don't care what the best basketball play. I'd rather have you shoot a contested layup than Danny Green or whatever shooting. That
0: three. that's just not how LeBron's ever operated though. I'll, I'll never be the one to sit up here and say LeBron, you know, go away from your tendencies because I knew what we were getting when, when LeBron signed, right. We were getting a dude that would pass to George Hill and, you know, risk George Hill shooting those free throws rather than take the thing himself. And he just makes a smart basketball play, which is that's a matter of preference. Kobe would have probably put up the shot himself. LeBron's a different type of dude. That's just a matter of of the style of play that they both have. I knew what we were getting, but you can't put up 16. And the thing that pissed me off more, not pissed me off, but concerned me more than his offensive performance, was again, I bring this up time and again throughout the entirety of the season, it's great that you defended Kawhi and Paul George on that last possession, but I need that throughout the entirety of the game. I need that. I don't want to see Danny Green getting bullied by Kawhi. I don't want to see Kyle Kuzma, who actually he didn't play that bad defensively last night, but I still don't want to see Kyle Kuzma on Kawhi Leonard. That's not the matchup that we need. When you go on offense, Kawhi Leonard is guarding LeBron James. When we go on defense, LeBron James needs to be guarding Kawhi Leonard because he's frankly the only dude that we have that's capable of doing it for forty-eight minutes.
2: I'm glad you guys come with the honesty on LeBron James because, like always, there was a lot of exaggerations going on after. You know, and, and it's to be expected. Basketball is back after four months, but you know, a lot of people were praising LeBron for bringing the clamp to the entire game. But I mean, if you ask me, he was the only guy in that starting five, or on, on like the Lakers team that played extensive minutes that didn't really bring that consistent defensive effort. I think early in the game we saw him get lost a little bit off ball. Um, he got switched on to Kawhi early, and Kawhi beat him that early possession. I think it woke him up a little bit. Cause when he got put on an Island in, you know, future possessions against Kawhi, he started clamping him up, but that was just for right. Select possessions. Uh, I don't think the energy was a consistently contrast that to a guy like you brought up Kyle Kuzma, who I thought was like really good last, like he was really, really good and, you know, made his shots. But even, even then like defending Kawhi really effectively, um, same with their bigs. Like Dwight Howard was really good at walling off Kawhi, um, from getting to the rim. Um, I mean, really um, uh, impressive performance by the Lakers. complimentary pieces, and of course, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Like we gotta talk about Anthony Davis.
0: That boy was natty. Wow. I, I got in a Twitter fight earlier I'm, this week.
2: I'm, oh.
1: I'm tired. I'm tired though. This man has a combined ten points in all the fourth quarters of four games. Hey, that just How lets let you. You have ten points. That just lets you, need you know to get what your what I mean, because on the block. And you need to stop being happy with, you know, he gets hot from three and then he, he wants to post up, go over his left shoulder, uh, a, a fadeaway jump shot that's like 17 feet away. Like, no, you, you, I mean, you can be doing that in the first quarter, second in, in the fourth quarter, you need to put your butt on the block and dominate. That's all I want.
0: They brought it up in the in the yeah. middle of, of the first quarter, I think it was, because he had like a 14-point first quarter or something like that. And I think that's just sure. the way this thing – I mean, at, at this point, I'm yeah. not going to ask anyone to do something that they haven't proven to me that they can do. So it seems like this is just a team that's going to be carried offensively by Anthony Davis through three quarters. And then in the final quarter, it's up to LeBron James because time and again, yeah. AD hasn't been that dude, at least offensively. Defensively, that dude yeah. was insane last night but um offensively he just ain't it fourth quarter
1: yeah ad i think this season was the high scoring uh player in the first quarter but anyway the big obviously the biggest takeaway for a lot of people was that Lou will and montrez didn't play um and they only lost by one um and, you know, some Laker fans I saw on Instagram and Twitter, well, they played uh, – I, I forgot when they played, right before the break, that last weekend, mm-hmm. you know, we beat the Bucks and the Clippers. Well, they played then. Well, yeah, and we had Avery Bradley score essentially 30. Lou Will played like garbage. Marcus Morris also played like garbage. And Montrez Harrell, you know, struggled for, for some time in the game. And Paul George wasn't healthy because now – we we got to talk about PG. PG has been looking insane. Like
0: he did. That like that a was a big player. shot he hit last night. I, that one and crushed me.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't know. With with the loss of Avery Bradley, we don't have Avery Bradley coming back. Um, they have Lou Will coming back. They have Montrez coming back. I doubt Marcus Morris is going to play as terribly as, as he has these last two games against us. And Landry Shamet won't be getting as many minutes as he's been or as he got last night, and Patrick Beverly, who played well for them, was only limited to, like, a 16-minute restriction. So if you th- if Laker fans think they can be happy right now, I mean, I-, I don't know what to tell you. I
2: don't know what to tell you. Here's,
1: here's my oh, Go ahead.
2: Of, um, uh, no, go ahead, Randy. I was going to say,
0: here's my thing, and I've been saying this for a while now. I said this at the beginning of the year. You cannot, if you're the Clippers – and this is something that I, I think that, you know, this is a philosophy I bring into life. This is a philosophy that I think exists in sports. You cannot turn the switch on and off. It's either on or it's off. And I still think wholeheartedly that the switch has never really been on for the Clippers throughout the entirety of this year. They talked about like the starting lineup had only played 11 games together. At that some point work. last night. And even, the, I mean, the Clippers played a great game last night, but you didn't have Lou Will. You didn't have Montres Harrell. So, now here we are, months removed from the beginning of the season, and the team that you're expecting to go win a championship still hasn't really played together like that. There's something there to me where I'm just like, I, yeah, there, there's going to be cohesion issues at some point to where, you know, if they'd had that established rapport with one another, they wouldn't face the issues that they're going to face that I see, them, I see it coming, man. There's just nope. no way.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And you can't just say, "Oh, you add twenty points with Montrez, you add twenty points with Lou Will." You know, their buckets it takes away from PG and from the other guys. But here's my thing: in the third quarter, you know, when when in, you know, whenever the Clippers were starting to get away from the Lakers, uh, you know, the Lakers were starting to make a run, and, and that's because most of their scoring was coming from you know Kawhi and PG, obviously. Imagine them. Resting on the bench for the fourth quarter, and Lou Will just going for on, on like a 10 point third quarter. Let me say. I, I mean, like, it, it's just not. I don't know. The Lakers aren't going to be playing Landry Shamit, uh,
2: Rick Reggie Jackson, Jackson.
1: yeah, oh, uh, Joe King Noah, uh, Jamichael Green Patterson. No, it's going to be Lou Will and Montrez in the pick and roll attacking. You know, every single play,
2: essentially, when those two guys are on the bench. So, right. And yeah, the Clippers definitely miss Lou Will this game um, because I think we saw if there's one deficiency with the Clippers. Well, a lot of people point out right, lack of size, but then, yeah, a guard creator because Kawhi is not nearly shifty enough, I think, to punish slower defenders, like slow but stronger defenders. And the Lakers have a plethora of slow but strong defenders. Um, and, and same thing with PG, although he's a little better at it. But Lou Williams will definitely get a guy like Kuzma, who I think is more effective against a Kawhi type, um, but probably less effective when he has to move his feet and react a little faster to a twitchy guy like Lou Williams. But that being said, I still am not sold on Lou will being like a good matchup in a in a Clippers Lakers series because we saw in the third game they played together. Every time LeBron's on the floor, they will get the switch on Lou will and he will attack him and that just brings all sorts of defensive mismatches. Uh, I think the guy they really missed was definitely Montrez, though, because uh, the Lakers out-rebounded them by a ton, and Zubac couldn't stay on the floor. Joaquin Noah couldn't stay exactly. on the floor. Like Anthony Davis ate him up. Um, if nothing else, Montrez at least brings some sort of toughness, even if he's a little undersized at the center position. And um, on the other end, when Kuzma was you know, doing a good job defensively, I don't think Kuzma can hold a guy like Montrez in the post as well uh as he can a Kawhi type. Uh so he definitely missed that. Well, yeah, so when you look at a lot of the players that played yesterday, Reggie Jackson should not be getting any minutes in the playoff series. Um Shamit, of course, it depends if, he, if his shot turns around. If he shoots like that, he can't play any minutes. Uh, Jermichael Green I think will end up being a good matchup. Um he played pretty well yesterday. I think he has the size to match, you know, some of the Lakers uh interior presence, but Oh no, I don't know. I think this is really enthusiastic for me as a fan because it's going to be a close series. Like these teams are so evenly matched, and it and it almost feels like it comes down to a make and a miss here, or like well, a one like small matchup there that determines it. Talk
1: talk about evenly matched. It's kind of it's it's funny that I was thinking about this yesterday. Without Lou Will and Montrez, I think the teams are evenly matched. I was thinking about that yesterday. Like the. They have two superstars. The Clippers have two superstars. And, you know, they have a mediocre bench without those two guys. But when you add those two to the mix, it's just the, the talent and skill level is just overwhelming to
0: me. I just wonder. Especially. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. I, I was going to say, especially without Avery Bradley.
0: I just wonder, man, what you, and you, you brought it up, Eddie, what you gain in, in adding Montrez and Lou Will back, you don't get. Complete, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a complete wash, offense and defense, but what you gain offensively, you also have to remember, you're losing some ground defensively, particularly with Lou Williams on the court. So it's like, I don't know if it really makes it that much of a, a vast difference between the two teams, adding Lou Will and Montrez back. Because as, you know, as ugly as Joakim Noah is, the dude actually didn't play all that bad last night. He just, you know, he's only a guy that can come in on short spurts.
2: AD was... 80 was not nah, yeah i didn't know was, was was a step or too slow
0: i don't know man <laughs> uh, to me he, he i mean uh, there were some plays where he was uh i mean he's again he's to me like a lesser Montrez on the defensive end where it's like there's not a whole lot of skill there but they're gonna bring a level of intensity
2: oh i mean there's a ton of skill defensively for noah the problem is he can't keep up anymore at his age I mean, you know, that's a former defensive player of the year there.
1: And and the thing about Montrez, all they need him to do, he might be undersized against AD, and this is what Eddie was saying. But when AD wants to, you know, do three dribbles and then a turnaround jumper, he doesn't let AD get too deep into the paint. Montrez pushes back so hard, and, you know, AD's pretty good at fadeaway jumpers, but... I mean, I
0: mean he I mean and that's what it really got me it, cuz it was annoying all the whistles that were being had last night, but part of me was like cool because that's how they always try to do AD. Their strategy with him is like, "Oh, we have to be physical with him." And anytime I hear a team talk about we have to be more physical with this player than we would be with another player, I just hear you're fouling the dude. Because there's no way you can be more physical with one dude than you can be with another dude. You're just fouling the guy. That's what's been happening with AD since he started playing the Clippers. So, you know, the whistles were annoying, like I said. But I'm not mad at the fact that they're calling that crap. Because you can't be more physical with AD than you would be with, say, Joel Embiid. If you're going to be more physical, then expect more whistles.
2: Maybe maybe that's a concern, though. Because in a playoff series, is he getting 17 free throws a game? You know, like, I'm not so sure. And, and again, like, 80 from the field was okay, right? Like, I always go back to this with 80. Dude just always likes to settle for inefficient shots. But he made up for it by going damn near perfect at the line, right? And that's how he got his 34 points. But if that source of scoring dries up for him, then he's really got to start getting deeper in the paint, you know, stop taking those fadeaway shots and trade them in for, you know, finishing in the pick and roll and, and maybe, you know, getting some closer baby hooks and, you know, easier shots up the rim.
0: Julio, how did you feel about the performance of Deion Waiters? Because I know you've been, you know, knocking on the door. The Lakers need a guy, a Jamal Crawford type. You've been caping for Jamal Crawford, but they need a guy who can come in and score the basketball in ISO situations. I felt like he played pretty well last night, given my expectations for him, because I didn't have very high expectations. But he pulled some stuff out of his bag that worked pretty well.
1: Sure, but he also... (laughs) And, and it's not a joke. Not, <laughs> who is like,
0: yeah, I. Right.
1: <laughs> it's really not a joke, but, but and it's going to sound like it's a joke, but he looked fat. He's
0: he does so look unathletic. fat. He he does look a little heavy. But, you know, sometimes so fat unathletic. people who?
1: But I don't know if it was this game or the last scrimmage game. He did, like, a reverse layup where he went up and under. That man got two inches off the ground. And Didn't so work, though. If If we're trying to say, you know, oh, Luke will, you know, he, he, he'll he be compromising the Clippers on the defensive end. Well, if we play Dion Waiters, he'll be compromising us.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know because as like – and I'm not going to deny the fact that he's looking a little chunky right now. But from what I could gauge, it's not like he couldn't move around. He can still move decently.
1: It, and this, I mean, this is what I was going to say. If, if we're playing him, uh, let's say – shoot. 20 minutes last three minutes of a quarter of each quarter except the fourth quarter but you know let's say let's say like 10 to 15 minutes the last minutes of of each quarter just to get you know buckets um then that's fine I don't want to see him out there for like five or you know anything beyond five minutes because I don't know if you guys noticed this play last night but like Kuzma got it in like the corner slash wing area and he he didn't swing it to Dion, and it was the right pass. But Dion was like, "Oh, bro, get your butt on the bench! I don't want to see any of that." crap. All right, now who? I got. I got. No,
0: I got. I got to check you for that because you've been saying all year long we need one dude that just goes out there and scores. We don't need. We don't need him to pass. Dion is
1: not that dude.
0: He I don't. I mean, is he really all that much worse than Jamal Crawford would have been? I think so. Nah, bro. Nah, bro, Eddie, help me out. There's no way is Deion Waiters is, Deion, is that much worse than Deion, Jamal Crawford
1: would have Deion, been. Deion thinks he's a part of a big three right now. Good, like
0: have that mentality by all means. If that means that you, I mean, the move that he had, it was Zubac on the floor. He drove the lane. He got Zubac leading left, spun back right, layup, uh, and Kawhi Leonard was coming on. Like it was a great play. I was like, that that showed me something there. So I think
1: I, 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 all, all jokes aside, I do see the benefit of, uh, let's say. Let's say ADs on the floor, LeBron's on the floor, um, and like Caruso's on the floor. If they have, you know, PG on let's say LeBron or uh, AD, and Kawhi on LeBron or AD, and uh, um, what's us other good defender, Patrick Beverly on Caruso. Let's say then if like Reggie Jackson or Shamit or, or whoever, kind of smaller than Dion, is guarding Dion, then maybe then he could take advantage in a pick and roll situation because he's not that bad of a passer no, he's
0: not he's actually pretty decent from what i saw in like the pregame the preliminary scrimmages
1: but that's kind of like the only benefit i see because this man thinks he's cope he called good himself good like, oh, i i mean I, i'm here for it i'm here for
0: that if, if that's what it's gonna take for you to have the confidence because that's what i see uh, i mean kuzma is starting to show it a little bit and like i i it's one of those things where i see it developing within kuzma but i'm still hesitant on it just because the dude disappointed me for so long this season but i'm starting to see it a little bit but that's what we've been lacking man is somebody that's willing to go in there and is capable of going in there and scoring when no one else can and deon waiter's team if, if nothing else he has the confidence that he can do it and everyone else has lacked the confidence to this point
1: we need, B. I. we need BI. We need
0: BI. Yeah, we ain't got BI. We 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 got AD. That's what we we. It'd have been nice to have BI, but uh, that's what it took to get AD. I want to talk about speaking of, speaking of BI. Let's talk about this Pelicans game. Um, all right. and it, it was a pretty good game. Both games were pretty good. Um, but the Jazz ended up coming back at the end. Rudy Gobert of all people sealed the game with two free throws. Everything comes full circle, doesn't it? Rudy Gobert's the person that sent everybody home. He wins the first game back. What did you guys he think of the Jazz the versus bucket. the Pelicans? He did score the first bucket too.
1: You could really see the rust. There there were more turnovers between the both teams than there were assists. Mm. As current... Well, I'll
2: chalk it up to one. Uh both the Jazz and the Pelicans do like a lot more like offensive sets and, and especially the Pelicans, like they play at, at such a frenetic pace that especially, you know, with the lack of um you know, games so far come and come back into this bubble that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of turnovers, but at least from a viewing product, maybe this is a little bit ridiculous to say, but I felt like the jazz Pelicans game was a lot more fun to watch than Lakers Clippers. And maybe that's just what I enjoy as a basketball fan. Like, you know, the up tempo, a bunch of offensive sets, like ball movement, you know, all of that. But I mean, I don't know. The Pelicans are just so fun to watch. And, they're still so young right now and they can't figure out how to win close games for their life. They, can't, they couldn't win close games during the regular season. You know, they choked away the fourth quarter lead this game. But, um, even with Zion playing, what was it, like 15 minutes? Mm. They're just, they're just so fun to watch with Lonzo pushing the ball, BI doing BI things. Redick was, you know, going in and out of screens. Um, I mean, who else? Drew? Like, yeah, Drew Holiday doing Drew Holiday things. The whole, like, the, the whole team i'm not so sure whether they can make that the nine or the eight into the playoff uh, play-in games because you know they still can't figure out how to win close games but i mean they're going to be good and if nothing else they're just going to be fun to watch
1: to get the nine seed i think they could only lose two games at most i think
0: yeah i mean i know the way that it works is you have to be within four games of the eight seed to be eligible for the play-in tournament um yeah. obviously the loss put them at a step back but um Yeah, I don't think their time is here yet, but it's coming. It's definitely coming. I think the biggest thing for them is figuring out – how it works between Bi and Zion because that's the biggest pull. Like, there's a lot of times where I see Bi on the court, and when you run a set for Zion, Bi is kind of just there, and vice versa. Yeah. When Bi is doing something, Zion's just there. They need to figure out how that works between the two of them, and if they do, and they tap into something there, I think it could be hell for for the NBA because both of them are individually so so talented. It's just their talent hasn't found a way to mesh yet.
1: Z- Zion can't be a number one though.
0: He can't. I mean, that's fine. If he's playing off B.I., I mean, when you say number one, because there's a difference between best scorer one, on the court and best player on the court. There's a difference, right? If you ask me—
1: Go to, go to scoring
2: option.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Zion's your, your your number two— I mean, he's not a scoring option in the sense that you give him the ball and he goes get you a bucket, but I'll tell you right now, I think that he's the best player on the Pelicans. But when you ask me who's the, scorer, who's the scorer that I would go to, I'm giving it to Brandon Ingram every time, but— who has a higher impact for that team. When you give Zion, I mean, we haven't even seen the dude play 30 minutes on a consistent basis. You give Zion 30 minutes consistently, he's the best player on that team. He's just not the best scorer.
2: It's funny, Julio, because um, I used to agree with you that Zion can't be, like, the number one on a championship team. Okay,
0: can we like define number, number one real quick, though? Like, what does LeBron, that mean?
1: Le, 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 uh, name me like the a, teams who won the championship. Uh Last year was Kawhi. Uh, the year before that, it was... Um,
2: like, KD uh, or Steph?
1: Yeah, but, uh,
0: okay, are we... Are, is number one... Is, like, the number one the best scorer? Is he the... The best the, player. The best, the best player, player. The most talented player.
1: The best player on a championship team.
0: Okay, Zion is the best player on the Pelicans right now.
2: Well, even then, when you talk about, right, like, he can't be the go-to scoring option, it's just, like, his per minute scoring rates are just off the charts. Like 15 minutes of game action, 13 points. I think during the season he he averaged like 28 minutes and got like 24 points a game. Like that guy, damn near scores a point a minute. Ooh, and it's like he that, doesn't even. Who is that dependent on?
0: It's dependent on competent I mean, players around him to to get him the ball. But like he's might be the best player, not the best player in the league, but he's coming up on it quick at putting himself in position to to score. And there's value in that. I think there's there's a lot of value in saying. I might not be able to create for myself, but I could put myself in a position to where it's going to be easy for somebody to feed it to me, and I score.
2: And, but like, even for a dude who's not a quote unquote score, like, dude might have the highest like point per minute like rate of scoring in the league, which is kind of insane. I, I mean,
1: I, I mean, even when I'm when I you know when I was making uh, you know the episode between Luca and Zion, I, I forgot to mention this. The, the one advantage that Zion has is that you don't have to give him the ball you know, for him to average, I don't know, 25, mm-hmm. whatever. You don't have to give him the ball. And you can have a guy like KD, Bradley Beal, Dang, whatever, B.I. next to him. Um, and That's the advantage of having you know, Zion on your team, but then he's not your best player if you have guys like that on your team. That's, true. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, let me ask you this. It, it, was Tim Duncan the best
1: player on the, on the Spurs? Uh, with the last championship? No.
0: Uh, on the first whatever. I don't know. I forget how many championships he won, but you know the first couple of championships.
1: And he, he was their go-to scoring option, him and Mondo.
0: But he had to be fed by somebody, right?
1: Yeah. But that was a different era.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a different. But my point is, like, just because somebody has to get you the ball, just can't you just because you can't bring the ball up court and initiate the offense doesn't mean that I'm going to discount you as a player. That just means you have a different style of play to me.
1: Uh, true. But the, the last person to win MVP, and I know it's not the you know discussion, but the last person to win the MVP was Shaq, that was a big man.
0: Well, here, Okay, let me flip you this. A guy like LeBron, and this isn't me trying to equate Zion and LeBron, but this is just me talking about how the other players on the court affect the individual player that we might deem to be the best player. LeBron wouldn't be nearly as effective, at least like the LeBron that we saw in the Cavs. Say he's surrounded by 20% three-point shooters. The dude is nowhere near as effective. So there's other people on the court that have to be able to do certain things. Zion isn't gonna be nearly as effective if you don't have dudes on the floor that can make competent lob passes that can play make reliably, right? So there have to be other players that can do things in supplement to the things that you bring to the table. That's my only point here. Just because you knew you need the other four dudes on the court to help you out doesn't mean that you're not that you're less of a talented player. I still think Zion's is the number one option long term. What I, number one player. He's the most talented player on that team if you ask me.
2: How about how about the Jazz? I wonder they need Bogdan.
0: They do to need Bogdan.
2: I, I I kind of
1: hesitate wow. to say that's their best player cuz obviously the face of the franchise is Donovan Mitchell, but he's kind of their best player. <laughs> I I mean,
2: I, I don't know how other way to 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 phrase yeah. it. But it, um I actually don't know. I almost feel like with the lack of Boyan allowed some of their other offensive pieces, namely Mike Conley, who struggled most of the year, to kind of start fitting in and getting his own. Yeah, but
1: I I agree. He did well yesterday, but I don't know if you can make that assessment that just because uh, Bogdan – is is it Boyan or – It's Boyan, Boyan, yeah. yeah.
0: I get my Bogdanovich mixed up too.
1: (laughs) That, that Boyan was gone, that
2: that's the reason why he performed well. Yeah. I mean, well, I, if you look at the offensive distribution, I, mean, I think it's a problem, one, that Jordan Clarkson took the most shots. Like, uh, he, he shouldn't be taking the most shots on that team. But, I mean, that's Jordan Clarkson for you. Like he had a good game, though. But, you know, 23 for Clarkson, 20 apiece for Conley and Mitchell, right? The rest of the stars were in double digits. Like, that's a really good distribution. Yeah, but how, distribution.
1: How, how many of those guys can create – in, in a night in, night out basis, you know, consistently. Because Clarkson is good, but he's kind of inconsistent. and that, You know, that's what you get out of a six-man scoring, off-the-bench scoring, <laughs> whatever. Um, like Dion Waiters? Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell sometimes, like, he, I don't know, he's just too inconsistent with me, uh, for me. And I, I, as much as I love Mike Conley, and I think he's, you know, one of the more underrated PGs ever, he, he I don't know, he just hasn't done enough this year, and that's where they get their playmaker, you know, scoring option in Bogdan, especially, like, you know, late in game. I don't know if I want to give it to Jordan Fox.
0: Y'all let me know if I missed something here, but I felt like Donovan Mitchell did a decent job playmaking yesterday. Yeah,
2: no, I, I definitely saw it, too. Like, he's slowly but surely adding, like, the pieces to his bag.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, just observing, I because that that's something that I talked about in, in my podcast with my guests last week, is that... Donovan Mitchell didn't take the next step that he needed to in terms of figuring out how to get the other players on the court involved. But I saw that yesterday. He was able to, you know, use the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert pretty effectively. So I don't know. I think that you know. Uh, Go ahead.
1: Really quick, talking about Boyan's absence, who's really benefiting from that is they're giving the ball more to Gobert, or at least they did in the in the scrimmages. And yeah, I don't know if I want that. If I'm
2: the judge. I don't, but I mean, you know, Gobert like was complaining that he didn't get
1: enough, exactly, pitches, which is like dumb because why? Why? Although, didn't he set the record for like the highest field goal percentage, whatever? But that's because no, every time no, he to touches honest, it,
0: it's a lob. Okay. Like he just has to drop yeah, the ball whole, into the basket every whole, time he gets it.
2: The whole point is like just dunk the ball, right? Like dudes will throw it up to you.
1: I don't know if I want to post you up.
0: You yeah. definitely don't. I, I know, and I know I don't want to do it.
2: See, it was funny. It was funny because the first play of the game, the first bucket, right? It's Gobert gets the ball the post, turns left shoulder, and like finishes like a baby hook or something. And I was like, "That's great," but the first thing I thought of was, you know, these coaches are trying to make him feel good because he was always yes. the, the first
1: play of the game, exactly. Let's go. Let, let, let's go to Rudy. First play of the game. Let's get your confidence up, buddy. And, and you know, we're talking about the offensive side of things, but. We're not talking about the defensive
2: side of things. What if they go up against the Clippers?
1: You don't think they're going to miss on then?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if the Jazz go up against like a, like a talented team, like even the Rockets even, but definitely Lakers and Clippers, I don't think they really stand a chance. If
0: they but go against the Rockets, they, they're screwed because Gobert won't be able to last on the floor.
2: Uh, absolutely. But um, at least for what they showed – Today, like I don't think because Boyan's out there now, all of a sudden, like barely scratching, like confidence, like but they're, they're still pretty good. Um, I mean, even Gobert on the defensive end, and I think he, the conversation with Gobert's defense has rightfully shifted to a point where we talk about him as like a liability, you know, in space and a liability in big moments. But he was really good. Um, part of it was a lot of like Lonzo Ball driving into him and trying to finish over him at the rim for whatever. He, he was, was bad,
0: but. Lonzo did terrible. Lonzo was terrible last night. I I don't know where that came from because I ain't seen him play that bad in a minute. He he was not hitting his shots, turning the ball over, missing on passes. You texted me the other day or yesterday, Eddie, gambling on, on defense and the gambles were not paying off. Like it was bad.
2: Yeah, I mean that that's what you get from Lonzo sometimes. Though I do think at the end of the day, though the consistent thing he will bring for the Pelicans is pushing the pace. Like, get the ball in his hands, he'll get the board and, and push the pace, and you need that for the Pelicans' offense to work. But, yeah, the, the like, in-and-out machinations and stuff, like, I, I mean, that's what you get with Lonzo. He's just not a great, consistent half-court creator. Defensively, people love the highlights, but when he gambles, he makes and he misses sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a good game, though. Obviously, both games yesterday were, uh, were um, separated by two points. Uh, I really thought Ingram made that shot at the end which would have been nice because the Pelicans could never win those games but alas Jazz pulled away with the win
0: alas and alas let's move on I don't know if I just used alas right but <laughs> last week we went through the first part of the NBA awards but we didn't get to finish up so it's only fitting that we finish it up this week we have MVP on the docket we have defensive player of the year on the docket and we have uh what am I missing Uh, Rookie of the Year year on the docket. Now, I'm not sure if there's going to be a whole lot of debate, but let's find out. I want to start with Rookie of the Year, and y'all better watch y'all mouths. Be very careful, because you know where I stand on these matters. Be very careful about what comes out next. Who's y'all's Rookie of the Year? What are you going to do?
1: You're going to slap me through the Zoom screen?
0: Yep, I'm going to smack my computer.
1: (laughs) This is a joke. There is absolutely no competition so, I don't even want to say the name.
0: No, say it's the a, name, Julio. Put some respect a, <laughs> on it. Say the name and put some respect on it when you do.
1: Cause, because even by me having to say his name, it's like a disrespect to him. Uh,
2: John Moran. And that's not even a question.
0: Simple. Point blank, period. Eddie, all right, all right, do you concur?
2: Yeah. I, it's, it's not really close this year. Um, there's definitely going to be some voters that vote for Zion just because... They were impressed with this brief performance, um, but yeah, it's no question. In terms of the top tier rookies, it was just Ja who consistently brought it this year. Um, I don't I, think, obviously. I don't think anyone cares about like who finishes like third or fourth or whatever. But yeah. uh, I do want to give a shout out to PJ Washington in Charlotte because he's a dude that no one cared about this year, but he's probably the third best rookie, debatably the third best rookie this season. It's either him or Brandon Clark. But
0: Not Kendrick Nunn.
2: No. Nah, I don't think Kendrick Nunn was good this year. Though. Like he tricked he tricked people, man. Like he had one good week of scoring, and then after that, I don't I don't know how good he actually was. I don't
0: think uh, my Miami fans will probably disagree with you pretty heavy on that because he showed a lot of flashes throughout the year. It was just that backcourt is a little bit crowded in terms of who actually handles the ball between Dragic and, and Butler. There's, there might not be a ton of space for Kendrick Nunn, but I think that he had a pretty good rookie season, and part of it, too, is expectations. Good, and, and, you know, when when you have low expectations, you're in your second round rookie, and you pop off, and you're getting mi- minutes on a really good team like Miami, then, you know, people get impressed by that. I, I think he's a dude that deserves to have his name in the hat. You know, maybe he didn't have the year that uh um that Washington or, or Clark definitely had. I'm glad you shouted out Clark, because he had a damn good rookie season, but... You know, I think he deserves his name in the hat.
2: Other, it's, it's weird. Go ahead. Hold on. I'm just, I just want to say that. It's weird because Kendrick Nunn's one of these dudes that kind of plays with, like, the dog, like, street mentality. And, like, dude played, like, a week, and they had, like, rappers shouting out his name in, like, songs. And, like, I feel like you just got a lot of cultural cachet in that that aspect that, for some reason, people hype him up a little more than I think what he's really about. I mean, that, that that's all.
1: Other than rebounding... What does Zion do better than, other than, you know, he's also six, whatever, he's bigger than uh, Ja, but other than rebounding, what, what does Zion do better
2: than Ja? Oh, I mean, come on. He's, like, so much effortlessly, like, a score because of those physical attributes. But th-
1: I mean that—that's just his body. That—that—that's all natural. I- I'm talking well, about, I'm like, like, if you're you you,
0: you talking about. Skill, oh no! we're no, not, he's not gonna, gonna do this today. We're not doing this crap today. And you know, I, no, like, you know, are we gonna have? Are we gonna rehash the Giannis Harden debate on then, skill versus? I mean,
1: this is why.
0: This is why I'd rather have Ja than, than Zion. Oh, no, time to so t- t- time yeah. out, and you know I'm the biggest Ja Morant guy out here. But you'd rather have Zion. Or you'd rather have John Morant than Zion on your team?
1: Yeah, I'd rather have a guy who can, you know, play actually play minutes for me than a guy who, who I have to play in three minute bursts. Okay,
0: injuries aside, is it still the same?
1: There is no injuries aside. Hey, there. hey,
0: man, hey, let's play. Let enter Reagan's fantasy world real quick. The we all here. Look at that. You see the you see the box of Gushers over there, the, the endless box of gushers never runs so out.
1: You you wish you wish you would have got Zion instead of Ja. Hell
0: no. Because Ja fits the city wait, so wait, much wait. better. No no, no 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 it's not it's not even a talent thing. I just think Ja Morant is the type of dude that's gonna stick around for the long haul. Zion's such a big star now, I don't know if he would have stayed in Memphis for the long haul. I think Ja stays. Um, But talent, if it was just strictly on talent, like if this is the Lakers making this decision, I'm taking Zion every day of the week.
2: I feel like I feel like you're getting this twisted a little bit, Julio, because Ja has to struggle to score. And the beauty of his game is that he's able to navigate those struggles with, you know, his athleticism and, and his ball handling and his vision and all that. But Zion, like, doesn't even have to struggle to put the ball in the basket. And that's yeah. why he doesn't need to have, like, the skill level Ja has. Like, all that dude has to do is bump know, yeah, the yeah. defender it, a little bit and just finish at the rim. No, no, I,
1: I feel that. And I'm making it sound like it's not close in my mind. And it really is. Where it's not close is a guy like Luka and Zion. But between these two, it is close. But I, I don't know what bothers me about Zion. But I, I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather draft jaw over
0: zion even if if we're entering reagan's fantasy world and there's no injuries everyone's going to be completely healthy you still take job ja.
1: no injuries no injuries well, No, because then, Z- then so zion's it's strictly play it,
0: it's strictly injury concerns for you
1: then, then then zion's gonna play 20 years
0: so it's just really injury concerns and that that's where you, that's where you draw the line is why you prefer zion or jock ja, excuse me
1: and and I guess I'd rather have a perimeter-oriented
2: player other than...
0: But if you took the injuries out, you're taking Zion.
2: Mm, probably, yeah.
0: So it's it's really just the injury concerns, man. It's I,
1: injury I'm, plus perimeter-oriented.
0: But if I took the injuries out,
1: <laughs> it's... <laughs> I mean,
2: just, it's close in my mind. I understand. Just the fact that it's that close to you is kind of crazy, but... Like,
0: that is kind of crazy, I, man. I, I mean, I, I love Ja to death. Ja's my favorite player in the NBA.
1: Everybody thinks Zion is going to be this, you know, he's going to be next LeBron. That's, that's what everybody says. He's thinks. not going to be the next
0: everybody. LeBron. He is Zion. That's what, that's what really attracts me to him. Pause. Call me yeah. when
1: he wins a championship. Call me when he wins a championship.
0: Let's move on, man. You're just you're wilding now. You're wilding. I don't know what vendetta you got on Zion. I don't know. You must have played him in AAU and he dunked on you. There must be lost footage or something, man. There must be lost footage. Let's move on to um mote. Oh, crap. What are we moving on to? Uh MVP. Not MVP. We we're going to save that one for last. Defensive player, uh, of, the hosting, player of the year. Great hosting, Reagan. Great hosting out here. Who's y'all's defensive player of the year?
1: You want me to go first, Eddie? Okay. Um, So I, I mean, I really don't have a problem with either Giannis or AD Um, when you look at the stats, they're kind of, you know, they're up there in, you know, most of the categories. AD is first in total blocks and blocks per game. He's second in defensive win shares. I think Giannis is one. Um, He's third in defensive rating. I also think Giannis is one or two. Um, and he's six in value over replacement players. So, I, I mean, f- from a strictly stats perspective, he and Giannis are up, are up there. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about versatility, both guys, unlike Rudy Gobert, can play on the perimeter. Um, and that's why I think they're, both of these guys are more valuable than a Rudy Gobert because they don't become unplayable like Reagan mentioned. Without against, question. You know, a, a team like the Rockets. Where I think it might differentiate itself, and you have to start, you know, uh, picking hairs or whatever, um, is that AD his arrival got the Lakers from twenty eighth, I think it was, to to first or second? Uh, no, second in the league. Milwaukee Bucks are the first. Um, and when you look at their team compared to the Bucks, you know the Bucks have. Wesley Matthews, uh, a perimeter, or uh, he, can, he can play perimeter defense. They have uh, Bledsoe, they have George Hill. Although he's getting up there in age, he can still kind of play defense. Brooke Lopez is, is a shot, shot blocker that DiVincenzo can also play on the perimeter on defense. So when you look at their team versus the Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks have a way, you know, have a bigger plethora of guys who can play defense. And it's not that Giannis is reliant on those guys, and he's not. But he has guys to you know who can handle defense by themselves, who can be on the perimeter by themselves. But when you look at AD, we don't really have guys like that other than maybe Avery Bradley, and, and that's about it. Because Danny Green, as much as he gets lauded, he has you know he's getting up there in age two, and he hasn't been as great this year as he has been in other years. So that, that's why I, again, I don't have a trouble with either of these two picks, but I would probably go AD.
0: Eddie, you want to go ahead or you want me to proceed?
2: I feel like you feel stronger about Giannis as a defensive player than I do, so why not?
0: I did. I did. And I actually got in a Twitter war over this. And I said something (laughs) that—I got got in a big Twitter war, man. I was going at some folks, but I said something that was probably out of pocket. And I do rescind this statement when I say— I said that it's not even close. It's Giannis and it's not even close. That's cap. It is very close. And it honestly took me watching the game last night and really nitpicking every little thing that AD does defensively. I had to watch Giannis tape last night to reassure myself that that's my defensive player of the year because AD was just that good. Last night, just in terms of everything that he does, that dude will go out there and protect the rim. He'll go out there and defend Paul George. He'll go out there and defend, defend Kawhi Leonard. He does a lot of things for that Lakers defense, man. I do still have Giannis, and it's ultimately a matter of preference because what AD is, he is the defense, right? You get AD, that's what you build your defense around. What Giannis does and I've made this comparison in the past, he's more like a free safety, a dominant free safety like we've seen Earl Thomas be, right? Earl Thomas is a guy that within that Legion of Boom defense, you had talented players like Cam Chancellor, like uh, Brandon Browner, like Richard Sherman, and they were so good, but they would still have lapses because nobody's perfect, right? And what Earl Thomas was so good at, whenever one of those players would have lapses, he's right there on top of it, cleaning up the mess. So you'd never see any lapses. The defense was so dominant because the good players, when even when they made their mistakes, they had a dude who was out there playing their safety net, right? Same thing with Giannis compo You have Eric Bledsoe who's a darn good defender. You have Brooke Lopez who's a darn or become a darn good defender. You have a lot of really good defenders, but they still have their lapses. And that's when Giannis bam right there. He cleans it up for everybody so no one notices. For me, that's insane. To have somebody that's that versatile to where he's cleaning up everybody else's mess. I love that for Giannis. So I think that's why he's still my defensive player of the year. But I think I got to give AD a little bit more flowers than I gave him when I got into that Tour de War. That dude's remarkable. He definitely deserves to have his name in the conversation. It's very, very close. I just give the slight edge to Giannis Antetokounmpo because that is a generational defense that we saw from Milwaukee this year. And the reason for it was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm
2: -hmm. I think the thing about Anthony Davis that has always been interesting to me is that if you just go from the strictly eye test perspective, right, he's as skilled as... Any top defender in the NBA. But if you go for the impact numbers year by year, even when he was in the Pelicans, you know, now his first year with the Lakers, it's never been as strong as you would think it is. And it's really strange this year because the defense gets two points better per 100 possessions when he leaves the floor. And when Anthony Davis is on the floor, you know, the Lakers have an above average defensive lineup, right? 80th percentile of the league, but it's not like Milwaukee like, which is like, the best in the league. And
1: that, I know that, that, that that's <laughs> that that's that kind of reminds me of plus minus. Yeah it's, it's Because
0: it's, plus it's plus dependent two. upon the other four dudes. I was going to say that.
2: Well okay, yeah. okay, let, let's talk about it because I was looking at Giannis people talk about Giannis has Burke Lopez. So I was looking at okay, so what happens when Burke Lopez leaves the floor, Giannis's defensive impact is still like the same. Right? Same thing when you take um some of the other key guys blood soak um, off the floor as well. And then I was looking at well, who does AD play most of his minutes with? So he plays most of his minutes either next to Javale or Dwight. And when Javale and Dwight are on the floor with him, they're really good defensively. Take off that second big from the floor. You know, he's like still average, above average, but not like great. And again, like this is this is really weird to me because I I still am not totally sure what it is. Because if you look at Anthony Davis play, you see a guy who's um just insane. You know, a stalwart defensively, but the impact numbers are never quite there.
0: And and I think, okay, can I can I clarify something with you real quick? So you're saying that when you have Javale or or Javale or Dwight Dwight. out there, AD is really really good. But you take Javale or Dwight off, he's still pretty good, but not as good.
2: Yeah, like just uh, kind of above average. Well, Adam
0: let right. me tell you why. Not, like, it's because he's anchored to the paint now. Like when you have Javale or um, when you have Javale or Dwight out there, he can go out on the perimeter and defend very, very well too. But when you don't well, have guess, him, he has to be in the paint the entire time.
2: And, and again, a lot of this can be thrown into like scheming and because, and, like for example, when we talk about why Gobert is so good, it's like half Gobert and half like the Jazz are just really good at funneling everything to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we talk about AD, it's like, it, it's, okay, fine. Like chalk it up to the scheme that he has to be stuck in the paint if he doesn't have a second big next to him. But at the same time, like that still means he's not performing up to whatever his full defensive potential is.
1: Yeah, but how, how, how many, you know, how I don't want to say how many more guys does he has, have to, you know, defend. But if, if JaVale or Dwight leave the floor, how many real defensive players do the Lakers actually have? All our defense, our great defense, is all interior defense. You know, when you, when you look yeah, at the Milwaukee Bucks, they have both. They have interior defense and defense on the perimeter. If if Brook Lopez goes down, they still have Bledsoe, Hill, DiVincenzo,
2: Wesley Matthews. Mm. Like, we don't really have any of those guys. That's, that's fair. I mean, again, but if you want to throw this argument to um, – right like who are the who are the pieces around him like you said the plus minus argument right like, you got to look at the other guys i mean i looked at it right like I looked at the numbers on and off.
0: for he, Okay, and this this is why I agree with you that Giannis, sorry to cut you off, but this is why I have Giannis because when you put him out there, no matter who's around him, his job stays the same. I'm cleaning up everybody else's mess. That's why his numbers don't fluctuate as much. When you have AD, his role is contingent upon who's out there with him. So there's times where he's cleaning up everyone else's mess. There's times where he's clean, doing the rim. There's times where he's on the perimeter defending. It's contingent upon who's around him. Eight, or Giannis's role stays the exact same. That's why I think we see the numbers the way that they do.
2: Does that make sense? And I think, again, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And there's something to be said about a guy like Giannis, like a guy we saw with Draymond in the past, right? Like the versatility and the ability to just be everywhere at once, doing everything at the same time, essentially, is maybe the most valuable tool to have in this modern NBA. So even though Anthony Davis might be an extremely talented um, individual defender, Right, like we don't see him be able to affect the defense at all aspects of the game at a single time, like we can see Giannis do, and that and that's essentially why I think Giannis should be the
0: defensive player. I agree. Here. I agree with you, and it kind of just sucks because it's a product of the team that he's on. Because Giannis or AD has to do that just by product of like you mentioned, Julio. The players that he has has around him aren't all that good, and that that's kind of the Vogel scheme. But I will say this, I. I do think that if AD were in Milwaukee, he could do the exact same thing that Giannis is doing right now, and he'd be damn good at it too. It's just a matter of, you know, the, the chips fell like they have, and Giannis is in Milwaukee, AD's in the, on the Lakers. I like what Giannis is doing for Milwaukee more. I got to give it to Giannis, man. All right. Thanks, sir. MVP, the grand shebang. Is there really any discussion to be had here?
1: I mean, I guess not. The, he has better stats than he did last year, and he won MVP last year, and they have a better record. So go ahead and give it to him. Satisfy him. Go.
0: Satisfy okay. him. I don't like the yeah, way you did he's that. He's not going to win
1: anything else this year. <laughs> he's not going to win anything else this year. We just
0: talked about how he's a worthy of defensive player of the year.
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm not talking about these
0: awards. Oh, uh, uh, you talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> Man. The wings.
1: I, I, I get, I mean, you, I, I feel like you have to because if you gave it to him last year, his stats are better, his team is better, and with or team better from a record perspective, not actually better, in my opinion, because mm. they lost Malcolm Brogdon, obviously, but you know, they're better with their record. He, he has better, you know, the, the stats that pop out. So I, I feel like you have to give it to him if you gave it to him last year.
2: You
0: seem reluctant, Julio. Who's
1: the guy no, that you I – feel? Mean, I mean, you're just like, uh,
0: I guess I got to give it to you because, you know, you're playing better. Your team is better. I guess I'll hand it to you because, you know, you're not going to win a championship. He's
1: not the best player in the world. He, he's not. He's well, not. That,
0: the answer to that question has been the same for the past decade. We all know who the best player in the world is in this moment. If the aliens last, to last to last throw – Last
2: year?
0: I mean,
1: last, last year. Last year it was KD. Last year, KD was the best player
0: in the world. No. The best player in the world has been the same guy for the past right. decade. And it's uh, to throw it back to an earlier episode, it's the guy that if aliens came down and said, hand us your greatest basketball player, <laughs> we're handing them LeBron James. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player in the world. I haven't seen anyone else usurp him from that role yet. It's getting close. It's getting to be that time pretty soon, but I haven't seen it yet. But in the MVP, in the greatest basketball player – For better or for worse, those aren't the same thing. So I agree with you. It does have to be honest. It was insane this year on both ends of the floor. Eddie, I think you concur as well.
2: Yeah, this is not a debate at all. Um, He should be the second unanimous MVP in NBA history. Mm -hmm. That's really what we should be looking at here. He really should
0: be the third if we're being real,
2: because Shaq should have been the true. first. I mean, there probably should have been a lot more unanimous, dude, but some voters just like to be contrarian, you yeah. know, whether it's for clicks, whether it's for just because you they like to be contrarian. contrarian. Yes, you do. That's true. I feel like Eddie going to be the right
0: type to be like, MVP? James Harden.
2: Got to give it to him. When the numbers are in my face, when this dude is averaging 35 points and 16 rebounds and 7 assists per 36 minutes, like, we, we've never seen anyone else – I mean. Sands like Wilt Chamberlain, right? Like prime Wilt days, get those kind of numbers. And the only reason why people don't even think about him like that is because he only plays like twenty nine minutes a game because they're so good that, oh, that he doesn't that, even have to play thirty five. That is true. 25.
1: That is true. I I I, I want to say I looked at Giannis' stats on what what is it? Pro Basketball Reference. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. And I was wait, Eddie. Were you talking
0: about many... Giannis or Harden?
1: Giannis. Be okay I, I
0: was I, making sure okay
1: I, I was surprised when I looked at that category how many minutes he played I saw I saw a two I was like a two like he plays in the 20s a lot of games and I looked at the separate games like there's a lot of games where you know he plays like 28, 29. I'm like this dude plays hard as hell but he doesn't
2: mm-hmm. play a lot of minutes and, and and you know what's that reminiscent of that was you know MVP Steph season. Uh, here right. we go. Was here we go. All right, y'all. It's been he a great episode. It's
0: been a great episode. Huh. I had a lot of fun. Uh, no. I mean, I'll give you that. It is kind of random because Steph didn't have to go out there. Maybe that's why Steph just didn't become a clutch player that the Warriors would ultimately need
2: him to be at some moments.
0: Who knows? But. All right. You're I, not, not going to get me on that. <laughs> not, not taking the bait. Not taking the bait. One of these days, I'll get you. But, yeah, I think I mean, we all. Well,
2: can... let, me, let me finish off this that, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like people should be looking at their. Thirty points, fourteen rebounds, six assists. That's Giannis's normal line. I was like, "Damn, that's crazy!" But in this age of like inflated numbers, I can get why like that might not be as impressive normally. But if he really played those like thirty-six minutes, like like a Harden does, like people would be talking about him so different, you know, because like you just can't ignore those counting stats. Like mm-hmm. it's just impossible.
1: You admit that there's inflated numbers in this age.
2: The in counting the stats, absolutely. Absolutely. The the points oh, per game, God. the rebounds, the assists.
0: I mean, the pace so, of the game I is mean, just is so much faster.
2: So Jordan could have averaged like 40, 42. If he wanted so, I mean, to. I, I don't know if it's that cut and dry. I
0: think if you put Jordan but in the I'm Harden role like, and said, you're the offense, yeah. I, if he really, really wanted to, if his objective was 45. not even to win a championship just just to score points, I think he could have put up 40 a game.
2: Yeah. 45. I mean, I, I'm wondering, talking million. about like the viability of points, rebounds, assists, right? What we normally look at and how if we just look at those three stats alone, it's just not a good picture of what a player does. Because you can have a guy like Russell Westbrook averaging a 30-point triple-double and doing nothing, right? Like that's not nothing. But I mean...
0: You know, I was nothing, finna nothing, to say, because I was finna say, you kind of wild for that. Nothing? Nothing?
2: Not nothing. But again, it's like you got to take these with a little bit more grain of salt and look at some of the you know periphery numbers and all that. But... Yeah, no debate. Giannis, MVP, should be unanimous. It's not close. People need to stop going on Twitter and talking about a Giannis agenda because that person, this player can't possibly have an agenda behind him. That felt plays targeted. In Milwaukee. I mean, he plays in Milwaukee. Dude is, you know, not even from the United States of America. Like, he doesn't have a big market following. Like, I don't know what kind of agenda he could have going for him. to win.
0: That felt like a very targeted wow. statement, Eddie. That felt very
2: targeted. I'm just saying... I'm just saying. Um, yeah,
0: man, I think we all agree. I, I do want to say it would have been interesting. And this, is, this isn't me saying that LeBron would have won MVP. But had the season played out and we had the rest of these regular season games to look at, the way things were trending. Because you remember the weekend before... They shut it down. People were on it. LeBron is the MVP. These final 20 games, he's finna usurp Giannis Antetokounmpo because he had just went and beat the Clippers and Milwaukee back-to-back. Had great games, both games. People were ready. People were ready like, this is it. This is the moment. Even though we'd just seen like 60 games prior where Giannis was the clear-cut MVP, no. people were people, ready to give it to him to, over those 20 to, give, those twenty games. so
2: People are ready to give LeBron his roses like every after every day of the week. Shoo, I'm not. Yeah. True. true, I'm not.
0: Julio and I, like at the, at the top of the show, we were a little bit more critical. And rightfully so, just because he's that LeBron good.
2: Leader. I mean, good for you. I mean, you probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon because you don't got that clutch connection. But, I mean, good for you, being honest, you know?
0: Hey, man, the clutch connection, like they say, always comes up clutch. But who knows? Maybe Julio will be the next Kendrick Perkins. I can see it now in his future.
1: (laughs) Everybody just thinks I'm a hater.
0: (laughs) I mean, no, I will say this for you, Julio. You're not a hater. You're a realist. And, you know, at times you can be a little bit – overcritical, I would say. I think sometimes you might be like, you know, less willing to give people their flowers when, when they deserve them. But I appreciate that because there are is a large faction of people and I've talked about this before to where there's certain players that in their minds can do no wrong. LeBron in a lot of people's minds if he has a bad game it's cause the team around him didn't play well if he has a great game the team around him still sucked you know there's certain people that will just give LeBron no matter what the dude is just the goat and, and, and you know they, they won't they have their opinion before they even see what happened you know what I mean regardless of what happens tonight I'm gonna come out thinking LeBron James is the greatest thing since sliced bread and that that irks me a little bit that's annoying because it's not that's not what we do this for we're supposed to take the product and then we're supposed to to. to extract you know opinions from it we don't have our opinions and then extract what we want from the product to to support the opinion that we already have but that let me get off my soapbox let me get off my soapbox
2: soapbox to finish the episode (laughs) yes sir
0: um but on this note of finishing the episode i think that's about it y'all thank you all so much for tuning in thank you julio thank you eddie Eddie, I know it's tough getting up at 11 o'clock in the morning, so I appreciate you taking the time to come out. Make sure you guys go tune in uh, to all of our other stuff. Julio's, um, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me what was it. Julio's set the record straight. Set, Check out uh, uh, the Reagan Griffith Jr. show. Uh, stay tuned for what Eddie has coming down the pipeline that he refuses to tell us about. <laughs> and go follow square one man we're trying to make it happen for y'all thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you next time